You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast. And uh, boy, it has been uh, quite a... Quite a turn of events since uh, we last met. We now welcome in the entire crew, uh, Sooner, Scoop, Sco- Sooner Scoop crew, uh, Eddie Radosevich, Bob Prisbillo, and Eddie, tell us who else is with us. Uh, that would be Josh McQuestion from See, Houston, Texas. Just doing it on purpose now. <laughs> just doing it on purpose. Houston zone. Uh, Eddie, Eddie, Edward Lawrence Radosevich III, of people, as people have found out recently. Wait, how? I thought, that was pretty, I thought that that was pretty well known. I I guess I just completely missed that, or maybe that was like an inside joke that we do and nobody yes. else knows. Yeah, because I have to book your plane tickets. I know yeah. that information, and I give you. I I call you. You know, sometimes when I'm just feeling like I say, "Great job, Edward Lawrence." I I thought that people people caught on to that, but maybe not. So that's completely fine with me. So yeah, I don't I don't out you like that. I don't know if you're comfortable with people knowing your entire name like that. I don't know what Josh's middle name is. I know what Bob's is. Robert Paul Prisbillo. We got some strong Catholic names here with Edward Lawrence and Robert Paul. (laughs) That's exactly what that is. You're you're exactly right. No, because my brother Phil, his middle name is Lawrence too. Believe me, I know. (laughs) Yes. Yep, and, and I'm that's uh, that, I am, you hit that dead on. That is exactly what this is. I'm Carrie Aaron, but I don't know what Josh is. I am Joshua Lee. Oh, just like Robert Ely. Yeah, I mean that. I was like, you know, great, great week for this someday conversation. Someday they will awesome. stare down. Someday they will tear down Josh's statue at Putnam Seriously. City. Seriously, if there if there was ever plans for a statue of me to be built, they are now all canceled. It's over. <laughs> All right, so you know we we have said this many times. We're four white guys. If if you're worried that this is going to be some kind of a Black Lives Matter uh, podcast, it's not going to be because we're not qualified uh, to get into the finer details. I, I think you know what we can say and what we should talk about is that we did talk to Lincoln Riley yesterday. Uh, we we followed along, you know, with his players like Chance Sylvie and Justin Broyles. Uh, and um, who am I leaving? Uh, Jaden Hazelwood was part of uh, the protest march in Oklahoma City. Uh, so guys, Jamal Morris, Jamal Morris, Jamal Morris out well. was out mm-hmm. there. So guys have been active in this, and you've seen some things on Twitter. Um, you know, I think kind of with you know a lot of people, it was very emotional in the beginning, and some players were wondering uh, when Lincoln Riley was going to say something publicly, and you know that soon came, but. You know, it was kind of, it was just, I thought that was kind of the dumb part of it, is that we're sitting there, it's like a race for coaches to make the first statements to prove that they, you know, they care more about their players than other coaches or something. Yeah, I, I think that it was kind of like that. And, you know, I I thought from, just strictly from what we have seen out uh, publicly, uh, of course, talking to Riley and hearing him talk yesterday, I think it's a very genuine conversation that he's having. I, I, I certainly don't get the feel that this is something that he's having to do for a PR stunt. And, you know, I, I think in a way that you saw that backed by his assistant coaches. I know uh, who was I, I, I know Tibbs made a statement. Jamar made a statement. Uh, Dennis Simmons. Brian Odom, I think, was the first one out there that made a statement. I think he was, yeah. Uh, it, I, I think it's all genuine. And, and by the way, the, the players have acted on Twitter. Uh, of course, we haven't been able to talk to them, but 
you know, you, you look at Justin Broyles and some of the things that uh, he's kind of backed up with uh, with the coaches. Uh, I, I feel like everybody, at least in the football program, is on the same page. Yeah, when you had Deshaun White Monday say he wished the world could be like OU football because it's united completely. I mean, that, that kind of, to me, that put to bed any thought that maybe some of this was just smoke and mirrors. It and was just, just raw emotion, I think, just in the beginning, which you can understand. People were very upset um, and, you know, just looking for uh, anything, any kind of, of uh, relief or, you know, an ear to, to bend or whatever. And people just wanted to hear from people close to them uh, to say, you know, we, you know, I care about you. And part of it is Lincoln Riley is so great in that type of yeah, forum. Yeah, he is. And the way he conveys his words, that the fact that his Twitter statement came like at one in the morning, late Saturday, it, it just felt weird because if, if he put his thoughts out there, it's going to resonate. And what he said yesterday was so much better compared to just that short little statement that he released o- uh, over the weekend. I, hell, I thought just the way that he, uh, you know, kind of attacked the questions and specifically that. The, as simple as why did you tweet what you did, uh, it was it was impactful. I thought. I mean, I thought I thought it was powerful in a way. You know, it, it's been interesting, and it's I don't want to I don't want to pigeonhole or tag OU fans because I think we're seeing all across the rivals network uh, there. You know, there's there's this there's controversy. I mean, there is uh, unrest and. Uh, yeah, what it comes down to is you have a lot of ideologies clashing. Uh, you have a lot of people that are used to being on message boards and and being argumentative and debating. And you know, I, I this was the only thing that I really could think to write about this because, like I said, you know, white guy can't really speak on that. I'm not an expert. Didn't live that life, but just being open, listening to what's being said, listening to the conversations that are out there, listening. I think listening to the hurt, listening to uh, just seeing things that are put out there on Twitter that show, uh, Eddie, you showed the, uh, the I think you posted on the site, the Laura Ingraham deal, uh, where she was, you know, uh, basically ripping LeBron James and Kevin Durant while praising Drew Brees. And, and, you know, you see that stuff and you understand, you don't understand, it doesn't hurt you as deeply as it does a black person, but it gives you a look into my God, what must it feel like for people to marginalize me like that? Yeah. And you know, I, I think it's important to point out that I, I get it, uh, from every, you know, from both sides. Uh, I just, I guess in a way, Carrie, it's, it's been such a, a weird couple months. And I found myself on Monday night, my cable was out. I, I had to wait on my internet to come back. It didn't come back until like 9.30. So I was out. I was without it from about 11.30 to 9. Uh, 11.30 to 9.30 P. And I just found myself scrolling through Twitter. And it was just very sad to, my, uh, to see my timeline, uh, to see, you know, the thoughts that people were throwing out there just as far as how, dis, how divisive this has become, how political it's become when in reality – I don't think that this is a political issue at all. And you see the players talk about it. And, you know, for the last four, five, six years since the Colin Kaepernick stuff started, I'll be honest. I never I at the beginning when he first started doing it, I completely had a pretty closed mind on what I thought it was. And then you start talking to people. You realize there's another perspective to it. And in reality, it's me personally. I feel like there's a huge apology for a lot of, of what uh, maybe we saw as, you know, or myself saw as ignorance. And, um, you know, I, I'm not much of a crier, but it, it's emotional to see the pain that some of these people are going through. And uh, it's just, it, it, I don't know. It, it's, it's sad from a, uh, a social commentary perspective that there's just so much pain right now and so much anger out there in the world when, like, I feel like maybe this should be bringing everybody closer together when it's really dividing everybody. And I, that's just my personal opinion. I know people will disagree, but that's kind of what the best part about America is, isn't it? That we can disagree and move on and, and still be friends and everything everything like that. So uh, I, I just don't see why this issue is so 
uh, divisive amongst so many people out there. I'll give you, Josh, I, I want you to comment on this because I think I have a pretty good example, um, you know, just from kids that we've covered uh, and, and kids that, you know, now we see having a voice. But go back to John Marshall High School and Justin Broyles uh, and just what a good kid he was and is still. Um, he's not a great football player. Uh, that's, you know, there's the Peach Bowl was awful. I mean, there's no hiding that. Um, I don't know that he'll ever be a great football player at Oklahoma, but people love Justin Broyles because he was a ringleader. He was had a huge personality. He was a big part of, you know, circling the wagons for that recruiting class. Uh, and I think once football is done for him, he'll go on and be successful in life, you know, because of his personality, because of his character. Um, and, and it's like you see that and people just kind of throw him away yet. We, you've known him since he was in high school. You've covered him. Eddie's covered him. Bob's covered him. Uh, you know what a, a, a light that kid was uh, just as a person. And, and you root for him as a person. You know he's a really good person, uh, but he's not having success on the field. And for a lot of people, that's where it starts and ends with them. Yeah, thanks for helping us with the recruiting class, but you're not very good as a safety, so I'm moving on to somebody else. Yeah, I mean, you know, you talk about, and I mean, and that, that's what it comes down to. Do you care about Justin Broyles when he's not the player maybe you hoped he would be? Does he still matter? Like that, I mean, I don't want to get into that argument, but that's just kind of the way the words came out. But that that's what it comes down to. And this is, I mean, this is a guy that is respected by his teammates. He's liked by other players. I mean, like everybody likes Justin Broyles. He is eminently likable. Um I, I one of my favorite stories ever, and Eddie was there. I'm not sure if Eddie went into the locker room with me, but when we went to see him at a practice one day at John Marshall, and it ended up being very abbreviated. There, there was something that I can't even remember what it was. Being several I years ago, I know where you're now. going. I, I was there. Yeah. I know where you're going, Josh. Yeah, and Justin again, guy. You know, he's not a guy that just talks about wanting to help out his teammates or his brothers or his community. Like he's a guy that's doing things. Like as a high school kid. He literally took me into the locker room and introduced me to every guy sitting around the locker room. Like, this is our running back. This is our left tackle. This is our – Josh, you need to know this guy. Like, I mean, he – and it's not to say that guy, other guys don't do that, but being that direct, when he had the spotlight, he knew we were there to see him. The cameras were going to be on him. And, you know, Justin's a guy that likes the attention. There, there's no – you know, we're not trying to – make him somebody he's not. He likes that attention, but he gave it to others. Like, it wasn't just about me. Look at me, guys. Look at all the stuff I'm doing. I, I can remember Justin getting super contentious about a couple of his teammates that he didn't think I'd rated high enough. He was he was hot with me about that. This is a guy that, again, he cares about the people around him, and I, I think he is someone that is geared to be far more successful off the field than he is on it, and I think that's something – I th I want to be clear. I think most people embrace that idea, but I think when you watch what's happened, there are still some people that the second he walks off the football field, they don't care anymore. And I I, I don't know how you live in that world. That That's that's not the way I'm wired, but, you know, whatever. Um, but I, but and is, I think that's, I think it, that's your experience. It, You're a fan. You're there to root for people that do good. And it's – I don't want to say it's a double standard because I think players, they're better off if they realize that too. And I think they do to some extent. I think a lot of players are like, uh, yeah, you love me now, but I, I mean, that's an, an attitude I think a lot of people have to have just to stay sane at times and just to know that that can, you know, success can be fleeting and, and all this stuff can be fleeting. But at the same time, my God, I mean, just caring about someone and, and recognizing that there's more to someone than just what they can do on a football field. I mean, that's just being a caring, decent human being. Not even caring about somebody as much as just realizing that somebody else might have a different experience than you. And that's where I found, and I know we don't want to get into all of it, but the Drew Brees stuff is just so frustrating from a standpoint of the self-awareness. It's, it, it's maddening almost. Yeah, I mean, he had to he had to be taken out of that environment and put into an environment, you know, with other people to basically say, "Wow, I really look at life wrong." Well, and this is a guy that I mean, 
nobody's going to argue that Drew Brees does not care about his black team. No, no one's going to make that argument. It's a ridiculous point to try and make. But at the same time, it shows you that even a guy that does care, that does understand, he can be insensitive to the things that, that matter to his teammates, to the people that he does care about and spends the vast majority of his life with. He's been around those guys since he was, you know, young high school guy, you know, dating back to teammates at Westlake and then all the way through. But even with all that knowledge and all the great things we've seen him do for New Orleans and the community, he still says and does things that you're like, man, I don't know how you could be so absent-minded about that. Well, and just to cir- circle back to OU for just a second, it, you got to talk about Chance Sylvie and what, what he's been able to do. And when I uh, quote tweeted him with his, his plan, in-depth plan, you know, one of the first comments was, is he even still on the team? So as we try to make progress, it's still you still have those people that are like, oh, it, it doesn't matter since he's not a very a very good football player. And he's already got his degree. And, I mean, he's – somebody – was it one of you guys tell me you ran into him and he was like a Walmart greeter one summer or something? Yes. Yeah, he was a Walmart greeter last summer, and he was doing that for like less than 12 hours a week. But his – I mean, his dream, when you got to talk to him last August, we were just kind of going back through the first uh, preseason practices with Grinch and getting people's thoughts. And you can just hear his passion for criminal justice, FBI, that type of thing. It really shone through. And, you know, this is the type of, you know, you hate that this is the moment that allows him to really show it to the world. But, this is his forum and he's taking full advantage and letting people know exactly what type of person he is and what type of person he can become once he leaves Norman. Well, back to Lincoln Riley, uh, on the zoom call yesterday, came out very strong, was asked, uh, about even, you know, the fact that he embraced the hashtag black lives matter when so many people, and you know, we're, we're seeing it on our board, uh, that you get pushback for that because, uh, you have some people that want to jump out and say, well, all lives matter. And, you know, Lincoln was very clear. He, he repeated probably the most effective phrase that, you know, supports the Black Lives Matter movement, which is uh, no lives matter until all lives matter. Or uh, some, what did he say exactly, Bob? I think you, I guess I had it in my story. But he said, all lives matter can't ladder, matter unless black lives matter too. I think that was what Correct. he said. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just one of, it's one of those things. It's like, I don't know. It, it, we kind of are trying to talk to our people on the on the message boards about it. It's just like, do you really need to throw that little nugget out there right now? I mean, is it really worth it? Because I don't see how it is. I mean, it's just it's divisive. Just just like I said, open up, listen, just just be a listener for a while. Don't not everything has to have a butt at the end of it. I just don't understand how any of this is so divisive. Well, it's like you said, uh, I don't know how you politicize this or that, or it's not po- Everything gets politicized. I mean, Ka- Colin Kaepernick got politicized. Uh, sure. The protesting is getting politicized between rioters and looters and protesters. And, and all. I mean, like, that's what we do as a country. And, you know, we have all these TV shows. I, I don't watch a whole lot of politics TV. Like, everybody gets so mad at me because they think I'm this or that. I'm not that political. Uh, I, I, I kind of have leanings both ways. I mean, we've had a big fight on the message board because I, you know, said something stupid on Twitter, which Josh wants to kill me for. Um, right, Josh? That's fact. Stop talking politics. Uh, damn it. uh, so, but I didn't do it on our site, damn it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you can't say anything anywhere. This is what I've learned without it yes. coming back to the board. It's it all centers back around. And You're you know right. why? Because I don't use fake names. I'm not some pussy out there using fake names, hiding behind a screen name. All right. Everything oh, I do is is real. It's here out there goes. to be seen. It's probably going to get our business shut down one of these days. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> there's <laughs> Smokey and the Bandit just showed up again, right there. Uh, Bert. So, anyway, no, but this is one thing, like, I think I need to correct that I've seen today that the more I think about it really bothers me, and that people that don't want to, it's not like you have to support the Black Lives Matter movement, but people that don't want to tolerate it, or that don't want it to be a thing, 
when they say, like, well, Lincoln Riley's got to say that. It's his players. Like, no, that's not the right way to look at it. Lincoln Riley is saying that because of his players. They are a part of him. It's not He's not placating anyone. Like, he feels that way. He truly feels that way. I believe that he truly feels that way. It's not some PR stunt he's doing because he has to. It is possible that Lincoln Riley believes everything that he said yesterday. Uh, absolutely. I mean, what what great leader is – is uh, they're kids, man. They're going to see through him if he's full of shit. And all of them, I mean, to a man, have all come back and said – this is why we're here. You know, the our coaches believe in us. They, you know, they care about us. Those sort of things. Would Deshaun White say what he said if if Lincoln Riley didn't really, if if he wasn't genuine about what he said? No, absolutely. I I don't know how you could doubt this. I mean, guys, these these aren't football players, Lincoln Riley. These are like secondary sons. I mean, these are guys he knows well. He's known them since he knows their parents. He sat in their living room told their families he was going to take care of me, cared about him. You know, these are things, if you have any conviction about the things you say, you can't say them with a straight face and then not feel the way he expressed yesterday. You have to, I mean, you're just wired that way. And that's, I mean, I again, these aren't just names on a roster to him or recruits that, that you hope are going to be great players. They are also those things. But they are people, and he gets that better with, than anybody because he spent so much time with them, with families that he is, you know, that yes. he has spent time with in their homes, yes. telling them that he's going to take care of their children. So it's not an act. I mean, let's just stop with that stuff. He's one of us, but he's just saying this because he has to. Do, do people really think that? Oh yeah. Do you, you really think so? Like, there's people out there that really think that. Lincoln Riley is just doing this for a good PR move. Yes, people or have said just it on to, our board to not not lose his players. I just think I, I I don't know. Maybe I maybe I have too high standards for the the rest of humanity that they would think something like that. Now, are there people out there? And maybe maybe I'm just a homer in thinking that there's no possible way that he would ever put something like that out there and not believe in it. But I mean, I I feel like if we know anything about Lincoln Riley, he's pretty genuine, and the ideas that he puts out there publicly, everything is very well thought through. That's something that it seems like really jumps off the page to me when he's talking about his players and kind of empowering them, empowering their voice to be heard. It's He doesn't care if you say something, but you damn sure better have thought about it, be convicted in what you're saying, and believe in what you're saying. And I just, I don't know. Maybe maybe that would make him a fraud if that was the case. But I certainly don't think that is. I think this is how I know from my experience of doing this 20 years. How I know that he is where he wants to be. And he is genuine about this. Is that Lincoln Riley, from everything we know, his number one priority out of everything that he does is his players. I think his coaches are probably not far behind that. And then I think, you know, football is right after that. And then, like, you go all the way down the other stuff, um, you know, booster responsibilities, uh, you know, athletic director, uh, you know, athletics department responsibilities. Um, recruiting, obviously, is, is higher than a lot of that stuff. But, like, you, you go on down the list, and Bob Stoops did the same thing. You have to prioritize everything. Players are at the top, and then it comes down. Everybody else is down towards the bottom. Because you know why I know Lincoln Riley's doing it right, and he wants to be at Oklahoma, and he, he's not looking to go anywhere else? Because media is one of the last things on his list that he cares about. <laughs> if he wanted to be somewhere else, and Oklahoma wasn't the place, he would be doing a lot more media than he does. But he does. He he knows he's at Oklahoma. He wants to win at Oklahoma. He wants this to be a great place. He wants to take care of his players. And I know that's true because we're so far down the list of his priorities that that's when you're taking care of your program, that's where the media should be. Where, where does the bacon fit in? <laughs> where, where, where's the bacon in the priority list? It should be very high by the, I, by from the, everything I've heard, I've, it needs I'd to be have high on that to, list. I'd have to try. I've had some really good bacon. 
I have I have the recipes. I can send it over at some point. I'm ready. Lainey is a bacon eating fool. She she's interested. I'll tell her it's Lincoln Riley special. Can I have a Houston question for you, Josh? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever heard of uh, a restaurant called Sylvia's, like Sylvia's enchiladas? That sounds familiar, but I almost want to say, didn't is this the place you brought the bought the cookbook from? Yeah, I just want to know if it's okay. as terrible in real life as it is when you make it at home. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't say I've eaten it, so I, I could not say that for sure. Because like that's I, the thing I'm, with the bacon. Like I could make it at home. It might suck though. I mean, I'm yeah. not a great cook. I'm trying. I am. But if, if I if all things are equal and I have time to go wherever I want to go, I know exactly where I'm going to have Mexican every time. El Tiempo. But right? oh, it's always El Tiempo. El By Tiempo the way, those the those Antifa terrorists that came on and said they had El Tiempo and it wasn't any good. I I think we should declare them as terrorists. Yes. Well, I, I, again, those are just I, people that I don't believe believe what they are actually saying. I think it's more yeah. of a, I'm going to say this to, to stick a knife in the side of Josh. There's physically no way you went to El Tiempo. Like, you might not think it's the best Mexican you ever had, but there's no way you went. You were like, this isn't very good. No, because like, it's no glorious. Way. Like, I, you I've can't, taken... you can't, you almost can't eat at Tarahumara's after eating at El Tiempo. It's Ooh. Uh, no, I mean, Bob, you know, come down I've, here. I've we're, never we're, been, so I we'll put know. you on bed rest after you eat it. But I mean, we're, <laughs> yeah, we Bob are, will need we're gonna that. take care of you. Yeah, but but uh, it, I mean, Tiffany, Tiffany is a Mexican nut. Like she loves it. We we she could eat it four times a week. She loves Mexican food, and that is there's not even a close second for me. I've eaten all over the place. Uh, I have someone telling me though that the next time I'm in Owasso, America, they have a place that is legit that I need to try, and I I, I got the recommendation from a few people, so we will we will give that a try the next time I get to uh, do my uh, state tour. By the way, I I haven't gotten in a while. Um, dang it, there's a new uh, Oklahoma Mexican champion. Where? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hold on. In, in Oklahoma City. In Edmund and Moore. Edmund and Moore. Um, oh, uh, Alfredo's? No. Fast food? Are you like trying to think of it or are you wanting them to down. guess? I can't think of the damn place. I, hold on. I got to go to Postmates now, real quick. Or DoorDash. <laughs> Dynamite Radio. I, uh, it's, uh, it's like L something. Damn it. I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued, though. It's good, man. I mean, it's the best. Like, I haven't gotten anything that's not good. And th- this is not a paid advertisement. I guess I got yeah, but it, it needs okay, to be. People, people, no, no. Let's just let's get the let's get the uh, the preamble out here. Carrie loves El Phoenix. Okay, so what he's saying now could be true. This is not no. This <laughs> yeah. is not. The bar is, Look, the bar El is Phoenix very, already very is low. just like Taco Tico. All right, I admit that it's shit. <laughs> But I love it. All right, it's my. I have guilty pleasure Mexican food, and then I have real. Like I love Mikosina. I love El Tiempo. Ted's is take it or leave it. I mean, it really is. But no, this. God, did the pandemic shut them down? What the hell's going on here? Did you imagine this place? I think I'm starting to think I might have. You know, I have a drinking problem, Josh. Everybody knows. <laughs> Hidalgo's. That's what I said. Did you? Okay. Uh, I didn't hear you. I was too busy frantically. Like, Hidalgo's Casina and Cantina. It's f***ing phenomenal. Hmm. Oh, all right. Not every day we get a bleeped out food review. I like it. Well, you know, I know everybody's just trying to fast forward to the recruiting section, so. <laughs> it's like right there by Buffalo Wild Wings. It's right where uh, Alfredo's strip. used to be or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, anyway. For, no, uh, so, okay, enough. We'll, we'll get back into it, folks. Let's no, get, let's. You, you bring up, I want to do one ask right. a question. Okay. For, for the people that listen to the pod at like one and a half or two times speed, which I can't fathom how you do that. But for those people, what do the beeps sound like? Is it like you're on hold? Like, what, what, what does that sound like? It, it's got to be a funky sound because everything else sounds, 
I because I talk so fast, I sound like like Mickey Mouse. It's bad. I've never even tried it on one and a half speed. It's not good. It, I I did it because somebody was like, "Yeah, do it. You can you know listen to a two People hour." Say pod you just and, get used to it after a while. Yeah. Yeah. I I. Yeah. Real quick before anyway. we move on, two two places in Oklahoma City that are absolute dynamite. Oso and Paseo District. Uh-huh. Awesome. Now what just kind down of, the street what kind from of food it. is Oso? Uh, Mexican. Hmm. Okay, are these both the, Mexican uh, or are these just shout outs? Uh, these are both Mexican, so you kind of keep okay. it on the same light link. Gotcha. The other place gotcha. is brand new. It's on the corner of, gosh, I think Walker and like 30th. It's right down the street, uh, street from one of my buddy's houses, but it's called the Mayan. It's a taqueria. Hmm. Go. Just, just go. Just trust me on this. Go have a couple tacos. Get a doseki. Just go. It's awesome. That, All right. I'm that's Oklahoma on. needs more in the taqueria world. That that needs to become oh a bigger gosh. fixture in Oklahoma's food. Yeah, it, it's big time. In fact, yeah. I would say the Mayan right now, number one on my list. Eddie, I know you have some family that lives in the general area. Have you done Laredo in Houston? The, uh, the big Laredo. taqueria place on Washington. My sister used to live down off Washington. I don't know mm-hmm. if I have. I think that sounds familiar, though. I think my I think my parents and my sister might have went. Uh, every time I go down there, it's uh, I just never spend enough time in Houston. So it's usually El Tiempo, and then we get out of there. <laughs> that hey, that's not time <laughs> wasted, sir. That's a good time. There's nothing wrong with that. Anyway, okay. We and get by the way, I stuff. do think that Guadalajara is better than ninety percent of Oklahoma Mexican food too. Guadalajara is as a chain. I'm like a super chain. Like I know there's multiple El Tiempos. I don't think of El Tiempo really as a chain, but Guadalajara is a big chain, and it is it's pretty good food. L- don't come to me with Lupe tortilla. Don't just just miss me with there. that. I haven't eaten there. I I mean it's not bad, but there like people were comparing it to El Tiempo. I'm like knock it off. It's like comparing like Taco Bell to Terra Humara. Like stop it. Like it's not the same thing. I will say during the pandemic I did uh make a homemade version of the uh Chewy's Jalapeno Ranch and it was fantastic. That stuff is good. That, I w- I'm not yeah. going to lie. Yeah, you can't knock that. But you know what? You get that free at Hidalgo with every order. See, this they is give the you one cheese, downfall of the Texas Mexican salsa and mm. Jalapeno Ranch. I missed the complimentary case. You can't buy my love with free with uh, with free condiments. <laughs> oh, you can buy mine. Well, if your food <laughs> sucks, I mean, if you have one good appetizer and all that stuff, like if you have good like uh, taquitos or something, you can buy. Oh, my down love. here, there's a few places. I'll just order oysters. I'm like, just give me the oysters. I don't want anything on your menu. I'll just order some oysters. And we'll that's completely good. different, Josh. I think that's completely different. You can't Fair, I, oysters. There's a place, another place off 23rd Street up here in Oklahoma City. Have you been to the Drake? They have pretty good oysters as well. I need to expand my oyster horizon, and I was doing that until uh, that was pre-COVID, though. So uh, yeah. hopefully, here shortly, I'll get back into the game. Are you trying to challenge? I, mean, I, go, I go grilled. I go grilled though. Are you trying to challenge Gay Bikerd for Mr. OKC? Ooh. I, I mean, I'm. I am the. Influencer of the influencer. Four five, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm that, impressed that Eddie not people. only. That's not a, uh, name that's been I don't know that so. you want to challenge him though. I mean, he's got private jets at his disposal. Oh, he, I mean, he's going to be the one running for mayor. I just want to do the backhandling. All I want to do hey. is just <laughs> you want to be his. You want to City Golf Country <laughs> Club every few months, and I'll be fine. <laughs> if, Shut up. If Gabe Eichert is mayor, you want to be his <laughs> Joe Pesci, is what you're saying. Exactly. I don't want. I don't want to be the face. He can be the face. I just want to do the, the glide handling behind the scenes, maybe run into people at the Jack Daniels bar at Thunder Games, see him at, out at the club. That's all I want to do. Eddie wants to be the man of the people. Yeah. Let me ask you, Eddie, because I, I, I don't want to make the rough decisions. I believe you've done it. Do you think courtside uh, is overrated at Thunder yes. Games? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think it's kind of two completely different. Like the like amenities. And I'm the talking game. more like the amenities. Like, you know, it's kind of like a, it's, it's kind of like, I would imagine like going to the Santee Lounge at an OU game. Yeah. I, I think, Carrie, I think it's, I, I've talked about this with some buddies before, and I think that it's kind of summarized and defined as this. Like, if you're going on a Tuesday night, 
I don't know if you want to go do the courtside thing. Like to me, the courtside thing is a Friday night. You're going to go have a couple drinks beforehand. You're going to probably get shit faced that night. You're going to go out afterwards and you sat courtside or at like a playoff game. If you're going on a Tuesday night with the fam, I'd rather just sit up in the suite, you know, in the club section and have a couple beers and get out of there. Yeah, because there's a lot of kids down there on Tuesday nights. It's more of a family atmosphere, yeah. I would say, on the uh, on the weekday than it would be the weeknight. But I also don't go to a lot of Thunder games either. So, all right, okay. So moving on, uh, Lincoln Riley Zoom call. I think one thing we have to talk about is the quarantine plan, which um, sure. You know, is very interesting. Oklahoma, we all know, is reporting later than everybody else on July 1st. Uh, Lincoln Riley laid out. We kind of made him uh, clarify exactly what the quarantine plan was because, you know, you see it was the day that Oklahoma State had three players test positive. Uh, you see Alabama had five. Like, that just came out as we're doing the pod. It's been reported yep. they've had five players test positive. So, I mean, it's happening everywhere. It's going to happen everywhere. And Arkansas State had seven. Did they? Yeah. Mm. So, I, the I I don't know. I think that you can question if OU is doing the right thing with their quarantine plan because self quarantining and and like I said, Lincoln. Maybe if I heard all the steps that this entails, I wouldn't question it. But we don't know what steps it entails. Lincoln Riley didn't want to expound on that. It just seems to me like I just imagine. You know, like some kid at home in Houston or, you know, Jaden Davis or whatever, like they're getting ready to go back to, to college. We've seen kind of how everybody acts around. Nobody really cares about social distancing. Like, can don't you think that some of these parents are going to be like, we're going to have one big throwdown before you go back so we can celebrate, um, you know, celebrate you before you leave for however knows, whoever knows long, how long. Like, are you really going to be able to prevent these guys from being around other people in a self-quarantine situation? I think that's it. And I'd love to get everybody else's thoughts, but I, I think that's why I thought it was so weird that they're doing it at home as opposed to, I don't know. I, I guess I've always been under the impression that it would be in a more in controlled environment on campus. Like bring them to but Headington. But maybe not with everybody that's back. And, you know, I remember reading one of those articles. I think it was in Sports Illustrated with uh, – Ross Dellinger, and he talked about, uh, he had talked to, I want to say it was like the uh, assistant AD at Mississippi State or something. And that was her biggest fear, was getting the players back on campus, getting them around each other. And then you have guys that haven't seen each other in three, four months. They're wanna, they're going to hang out. I, there's just no other way to put it. They're going to want to hang out. They're going to want to chill, uh, whether it be in Headington or at somebody's apartment or wherever. So I, I don't know, but... I guess that in a roundabout way is what I'm trying to say is that I think OU kind of looks really smart in all this now that you look back on it and they've waited and they can kind of make improvements or uh, they can kind of, I guess, make changes on what their plan is going to be as the month progresses. Yeah, you could almost see Lincoln Riley puffing out his chest when it came to the July 1st date and because they just feel so strong and adamant that this is the right way to do it and just how he emphasized he didn't they didn't wait for the big 12 tell them what to do they didn't flinch when texas went another direction you know they feel very strong this is about as strong as 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 you can get that this is the best course of action and they truly believe that come come july 1st that with everything they've done they put themselves in the best spot possible it, to me, it's 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 a little strange. Um, I know that there had been some thoughts of throwing around that students would come back 15 days before reporting and, and be in a quarantine situation in Norman together. So, I mean, you say they look smart, but I think they'd look smarter if they were bringing them back June 15th just for quarantine. I just That's just yeah. how I feel. Yeah. And the other thing that I thought was interesting about the whole quarantine thing was Lincoln Riley say they, that he doesn't think they'll ever be in team meeting rooms all year? Like, they'll meet in the stadium? Like, I don't understand. I guess, you know, you worry about if you have a game day, who are they going to be around? 
maybe during the season, but leading up to that, aren't you going to be in control, basically, of everyone? And whether they have the virus or not, you're going to be testing for it all the time. So what's the problem with having guys that are constantly being monitored being in the same room? It's kind of like like this weekend, I went down to, to Frisco, spent some time with the family, went out to a restaurant for the first time. Um, it, it was something that it was the first time I've done it since this started. But, it, you know, I'll be honest, it really lifted my spirits just to be around my family. And to, to be able to go out, and my nephew had his graduation. It was in Toyota Stadium. By the way, I'll talk about this, too, because the whole 50% thing, I don't see how that's going to happen in stadiums after being in a stadium last weekend. But, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I mean, it's like, no, when, when everyone is okay, it's okay for them to be around each other, isn't it? Well, I think that's the thing, though, isn't it, that – how do you know if somebody's okay? Like, I mean, you look at uh, even, uh, oh, I'm going to butcher his last name. Uh, kid up at OSU. Uh, mm-hmm. Ogbong like, Bamiga. He, no, he had no symptoms, says he feels great. You yeah. just don't know. I think they said all three of them were asymptomatic. Yeah, I think all seven were asymptomatic over in uh, at Arkansas State. So, I... Testing is the key to this, isn't it, guys? And I think that, I mean, we've been talking about this for the last two months. It's just unbelievable that we don't. Uh, but then again, I mean, on the other side of it, you have a lot of people out there that think this whole entire thing was just a fraud or a fake. So, I mean, it just, I don't know. And and, and to get to your, uh, back to that other point, Carrie. 50%, what What do you mean you don't see it being able to work out just as far as... Well, like, the, the graduation thing was in Toyota Stadium down in Frisco mm-hmm. where the MLS team plays. And they had... You had tickets, and you they assigned you seats, but it was like there were no people in alternating rows. I got you. So mm-hmm. it was like... And I thought they did a really good job of social distancing. I, I felt comfortable being there. I was wearing a mask. My parents were wearing masks. Uh, my brother and his family were not because they're idiots. Um, won't go into that, but, uh, he's a, he'll go anywhere. He's, he, he doesn't, he's one of these people that doesn't believe it's real. Um, so, but like the way it was spaced out in order for people to feel comfortable, like, I think you do have to like alternate rows. You can't have people sitting right behind other people. Can you? Do you kind of see it as though, like, I, in a way, in a strange way, I kind of see it as, like, if we're already at 50% on June 4th. I, <laughs> That's going to stop it from I, getting to 75. I, I think it's going to be at 100% uh, yeah. by September 5th. Uh, uh, that's what I'm starting to feel, Eddie. I, I didn't think I would ever say that. I thought they'd I play it safe. I, shit, I, I don't I, think I would have been there 24 hours ago if you would have said that, Josh. Yep, yep. It's it. All the momentum as this thing's climbing. I'm, even amongst these, you know, Oklahoma State's got three guys. Now, I don't know if you guys even saw. I don't know if it just broke or not. But apparently Alabama's got five-plus guys that have tested positive. Like, they're, yeah. you, it's all over the place, you, and everybody's what like. What were you doing the last is. ten minutes, Josh? I just wanted to know. No. When we were oh, talking did I miss it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I missed yeah. it. My bad. My bad. Is Linda that I, distracting? I'm, no, I'm reading um, – a lot of people, I, I put out my uh, top five hip-hop albums, and a lot of people are giving me a lot of credit oh for it. So I'm just God. soaking up. That's what's interrupting up the podcast? Love. Soaking up my Your love. Top the attention five, I'm is getting. Is this on Facebook? It's on Twitter. He, oh, he, he tweeted it. Yeah. Carrie, I want you to know... I have twice this week heard your voice in my head because I almost got into it on Facebook. I'm like, nope, nope, just delete it. Just delete it. It's going to go bad. Just don't do this. And I have stayed out of the fray on Facebook because of the talks we've had in this podcast. It's been a healing process for me. I didn't say anything that was that bad. I still stick by it. No, 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 no. I'm no, saying no, no. I almost got into it on oh. Facebook with people being stupid. Oh, on and I was Facebook. Like, nope. Yeah, okay. I'm like, no, nope, don't, no, I'm not doing this on Facebook. I'm not doing it. Yeah, I'm so. strictly a flyby guy on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yep. I go in to like all my friends and family's photos, and then I'm out. <laughs> Make sure I'm not uh, missing I want any you important know, birthdays. We are, we are keeping score, Carrie, if, if you don't like one of the girls' photos we put up on uh, Facebook. Like, <laughs> Tiff- Tiffany, no, I, I make noticed. sure you and Tiffany. I like everything. When I see it, instant likes. Uh, 
and when Bob starts, well, he's not on Facebook, so no deactivated. Thank you, Bob. For, thank July. you because I don't Fantastic. have to like pearl pictures. Not that I wouldn't yep. if they were there. I would definitely would, but it's just one more thing you've taken off my plate. You're welcome. Uh, okay, <laughs> Bob, you wrote the uh, notes article on the uh, Lincoln Riley's and what else uh, stood out to you that we haven't really touched on? We got to go to the recruiting dead period because I think yeah. a lot of us, I thought that Lincoln would be up in arms about it, about, I hey, did too. we're opening things up. Why not, you know, let's go ahead and start, start doing it. Especially when you think about OU, there's no way they can do the barbecue with the way that it's going through July 31st. And it might go even beyond that, but there's all that thought Lincoln about a July started, 4th, big weekend possibly happening with the hot dogs yep, and all that. Exactly. And when, but when Lincoln explained yesterday about flying people in from different parts of the country and do you quarantine recruits them if a recruit it test positive and then spreads it to your team. Was it really worth it? He made some points that, for as much as recruiting as I think about, I didn't think about any of those. And some very valid points as to why through July 31st makes complete sense. And if it goes beyond that, it wouldn't shock him still. Yeah, remember when we were joking about the dirty media and the way we were social distanced when we had that first press conference? Uh, well, guess what? Now it's the dirty recruits. Don't get, don't get them around our players and make them sick. Those recruits. Who it's knows just, what they're I mean, doing? It's not fair, Kerry Murdoch. At the end of the day, I think that it's kind of what we've talked about in previous podcasts, just as far as it being a – in a way, I think that Oklahoma looks at this as something that they can really kind of capitalize on as far as the continuation of virtual visits and stuff that they've been doing uh, you know, more or less behind the scenes here over the last two months. Yeah, I mean, because they shut this down, but the virtual visits have gone so well, and it sounds still, Josh, that no one has topped them. Maybe there's some that have started to pick their game up and they're just as good, but when you ask around or you look around, it still feels like that OU virtual visit is at the top. And maybe if you visit Norman and visit some other places, maybe Norman doesn't come out on top. But this virtual aspect of it has the student like there's no way the students have done everything they can to help themselves throughout this process instead of falling behind because of these virtual visits. Oh, yeah. There's no coincidence that as this has happened, Oklahoma has picked up momentum with a lot of players that coming into the whole COVID situation nobody was talking about OU with. Marcus Burris was not a guy anybody thought OU was remotely involved with. And now every prediction that, you know, on I think 24-7 and Rivals all have him pegged to OU. Uh, you know, Clayton Smith was a guy that I think everybody thought was going to Texas. He's already committed to Oklahoma. Mecca Buka, the big five-star receiver from Washington, that was a guy that nobody thought OU was in his top five. Now he's in their top four, and there's a lot of talk that they're neck and neck with Ohio State right now, who has been the longtime perceived leader. So there is, there's no question that these virtual visits are having a big impact. Um, uh, one that you know that I'll probably talk some more about, you know, the scoop uh, tomorrow. But it, or I guess you know, for those listening, whenever you're listening on Friday. Um, is JT Tuamalo, the five-star defensive lineman from Washington. Oklahoma did a uh, virtual visit with him last week, and I'm told that went very, very well. So there's – Oklahoma is making some moves, and, you know, really – it's interesting, guys, because we've talked about it for years. You know, once the staff was – had a full crew that could get out on the road and do things, well, now they can't actually get out on the road and do things, but they are still making a very big impression. There's a lot of guys doing a lot of work uh, – Odom, Kane, Thibodeau, um, you know, uh, uh, Dennis Simmons. I we, we should probably spend a podcast just talking about how undervalued Dennis Simmons is nationally uh, with the way he recruits, not just Dallas area or guys that everybody should land recruits from at Oklahoma, but he goes from anywhere in the country and makes Oklahoma a very uh, realistic option for some of the best receivers in the country. Well, I think it's come to that time where the podcast is Bob Persbillos. And uh, <laughs> on the heels well, of that. You know, 
it, what's so weird, I, I told you guys Sunday, with everything that's gone on with Black Lives Matter, does recruiting matter? Like, it did, it felt like it didn't really have it, 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 its place, but we are coming to a big weekend, Josh, in terms of commitment dates. Although Christian Leary has changed his, so that June 6th one you can cross off. He just said he's going to announce when he's ready, so I imagine that won't be anytime soon. But I've still got Isaiah Coe, June 5th, Raheem Sanders, June 8th. What do you think? Does OU add any to 2021 in the next three, four days? I don't think so. I, I With Isaiah Coe, I think it's – and I, yeah, I know. I know. That's not the sexy answer everyone wanted, absolutely. With Coe, I, I think in a perfect world, Oklahoma would love to take him. And – they still might. I could be wrong. Like, I, I don't I, – I won't say that I am 100% certain about this, but if you made me pick, I bet he goes somewhere else just because I don't think Oklahoma in two classes can take three junior college defensive linemen. That's – it just – it's not very feasible. It messes up your numbers going forward. It's hard to kind of build that up in a couple of years. So I, I think, especially when you're in on guys like Marcus Burris and Kelvin Gilliam and some of the big time guys, they could land inside. It's a pretty big risk to take, to take a Juco guy that frankly as good as he is. And he's outstanding. I like Jose Co a lot. He's not a perfect fit for what they've told us is the mold for what they're looking for uh, along that defensive line. They want big, long, lanky's not the right word for it, but just guys that can get into passing lanes are going to be great pass rushers. Isaiah Coe is about six foot one and about three ten. Like he's not the prototype of what you're talking about, but he is so good. I understand the argument for taking him. Uh, the other side is uh, Rocket Sanders. My, my impression is he'll decide on June eighth. It will not be Oklahoma. I don't have Coe. I, I can hear the argument for maybe me being wrong on that one. It's not going to be OU on June eighth. Now. If Oklahoma can stay in touch with him, they can continue to get in contact, especially since Ian Jackson picked uh, Alabama last week, you, you kind of know what your numbers are. You have a better idea of what you're looking at. If Oklahoma can go and get Kendall Daniels or uh, Prince Colley or one of these other guys, then they don't really need to push for Rocket Sanders. They, they're going to be done at linebacker to go along with Stutzman and then whatever Kobe McKenzie may or may not do. So Oklahoma can kind of play that by ear. But they can continue to recruit Rocket Sanders because we're all living in a world we know once things open up, visits are going to go crazy. Committed guys are going to be all over the country going to see a bunch of different campuses that they didn't get to see before they made their decision. So I, I think he'll pick some. He'll pick another school, and then if Oklahoma, or I guess Oklahoma will stay in contact, and if they want to push for him down the road. I think they have a very good chance to maybe flip him from wherever he goes because I think whatever he chooses, it's probably not going to be a school of Oklahoma's caliber so they can kind of, you know, they can exercise a little energy towards, hey, you, we can come here, compete for national titles, help us turn this defense around, all those things. We'll just have to see what happens down the line. But like I said, I think right now Prince Colley, Kendall Daniels, and uh, Smell Munden, th- those are some of the primary guys that Oklahoma's really watching. And then uh, Josh, Eddie, myself, still itching to get back out there, see some Oklahoma high school uh, camps and stuff of that nature. But you did. You went back. You went to Katy uh, yesterday. So who would you see and how weird or how great did it feel to finally be back out there? It was definitely a little surreal uh, seeing guys, you know, a lot of guys I knew, Tumiche Adelier, you know, um, Cam Dewberry, you know, a, a lot of guys that I, I've got plenty of familiarity with. Uh, but it was um, it was strange. It was. It felt weird being back out there and kind of getting back into the groove of things. I probably checked my camera equipment ten times before I went out there because I was like, I'm going to forget something. I'm going to forget my card or my battery. I forgot my card this like weekend at my nephew's graduation. So Yeah, like because I I, I've fallen so out of the habit. Like I have this way that I do things. I'm getting ready so that I don't do things like that. And... I was like, I haven't done it in three months. Like, I feel out of place here. So I kind of went through that. But, I mean, yeah, um, and I want to apologize for the people that are kind of waiting for a write-up. We're going to have something on that. I've got a sick kiddo. She's actually going to go. We're going to take her to the doctor right after this. uh, the podcast is done. So it's it's just uh, she's been home with me today, and I haven't had a chance to sit down and write it. So, um, but, yeah, it is uh, – there were some – 
quality players there. I had my first chance to look at Malik Silla, the uh, defensive end offer from Katie. Big, long guy. I mean, six foot five, two twenty. I mean, just just a arms that are probably close to seven feet. I mean, he is a he is. You know, we were just talking about Isaiah Coe not fitting the bill. Silla is exactly what they're talking about. I mean, he's a guy that if he doesn't get to the quarterback, he's got every chance to put his arm in a passing lane and break up a a downfield throw. So. Uh, liked him a lot. Really, one of those long strider guys that maybe you don't um, you don't expect him, or you don't think he's moving as quickly as he is, and then all of a sudden he's beating a good tackle. Because uh, there was, I mean, that group of players yesterday. Those were all. I mean, there was probably 15, 20 guys there, and I mean, offensive and defensive linemen, and they are all Division One football players. I mean, they, it was a bunch of really, really good talent. So. Um, and then the two offensive linemen that I was really watching were uh, Cam Dewberry, like I mentioned, from Atascacita, a uh, guy that I saw at Rivals Camp, a 2022 offensive line offer. He loved his trip up to Oklahoma. People don't remember, he was actually up there at the same time Bryce Foster was, and he really raved about it, liked it a lot. Um, I, I, we'll ha- I, I did a full interview with him, so we'll have some quotes coming from him before long. But he, uh, he really enjoyed it, really has hit it. It's built a good, strong early relationship with Bill Bedenboe as well as Lincoln Riley. So they're, they're making a good move with him. The other is Kelvin Banks, a, another 2022 offensive lineman out of Summer Creek in Houston, a, um, a guy that's kind of a tweener guard tackle type. He's committed to Oklahoma State currently. He's been committed since very early on, but is a guy that I, I think is uh, sooner or later, whatever it is that's holding people up, is going to come to an end, and they're going to see him and realize how good he is, and he will pick up 30 offers in a matter of time. He is he's really good. If he's not one of the top five offensive linemen in Texas in 2022, I'd be shocked. Now, was, was there any COVID precautions or anything different? Sure, sure. There, you know, there there was there were a few people on Twitter that kind of saw some of the video and pictures that were coming out, like, "Oh, what are they doing?" Blah blah blah. And I mean, there there was some one on ones, which you know, UIL Texas's uh, high school governing body has said they don't want any part of that uh, as they start to open things back up next week on June eighth. Uh, so you know, there was some backlash to that, but for the most part, it was guys in space just kind of moving around, going through drills, doing some stuff like that. And then you had coaches with masks on. I mean, it, it was – they were – for a just a private event, you know, set up by a, a trainer, like I, I thought it was pretty reasonable the precautions they took. Now, if someone shows up to that thing and they're sick, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's possible that could have – that could be a problem down the line. But at the same time, did I think it was anything different than any of us going to, you know, a grocery store or a Home Depot or a restaurant or anything right now? No, not really. It, it, it was it was nothing crazy. There wasn't anything, you know, for a two-hour camp, they spent about 10 or 15 minutes going one-on-one. And it was basically about five guys rotating and everybody else just kind of watching them. So it was it was pretty modest. I, like I said, there were precautions taken, and I, I thought it was reasonable. Josh, what can you say about the uh, the Monday notes that you threw out there? And as far as just the building relationship, I mean, if people were pleased with what Bill Biedenboe had put together in the 2020 class, I would imagine it's that and then some possibly with the 2021 group that could possibly be out there. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to use this as our shameless plug moment. For those that don't read the board, that is probably one of my more liked posts I've ever put up. I think I've got 152 likes on that right now. Uh, not not as a brag, but just it's pretty interesting news in that post. So I was actually – I stumbled onto it. I was talking to Bryce Foster that night, and I was honestly trying to find out if he was going to come out to the camp that I was that I just got done talking about. And I, you know, just say, hey, man, what do you got going? What's coming up? And he goes, oh, not much, really. I just actually got done with a Zoom chat with uh, with Coach B. And he goes, and, you know, uh, Colin and Tristan Lee. And, oh, yeah, Creed Humphrey was on there. I'm like, holy crap. Like, I just kind of stumbled on to a, a really big bit of news. And just talking to some people, I mean, you know, cause, and I think that was the one that uh, it was really interesting for me because of the Tristan Lee inclusion. Like, We've all talked about Tristan Lee as kind of a part of the Caleb Williams wagon, and I, I think there's, I think if Caleb Williams didn't go to Oklahoma, I, Oklahoma's shot at Tristan Lee drops dramatically. But it was kind of interesting to see him being around some of the other guys, being around Bryce, who's not committed, but I think 
everybody feels pretty good about where OU is right now. Colin Montgomery obviously already committed, and then having Creed Humphrey involved in the chat. And I had to check and make sure. I was like, that's that's okay, that's kosher, and it is. I mean, that, that's something they can do. And it sound you know, Creed and Bryce, that's a pretty easy connection to make. I mean, they're kind of similar backgrounds, kind of country guys by nature. Um, so I, I, I can see them getting along pretty well. But just the kind of prestige of Creed. I mean, he's known as one of the better, you know, singular offensive linemen in the country. Uh, to have him sitting there and talking with Foster and Lee, uh, along with obviously Bill and all his of uh, uh, his you know background and how many people are just kind of respect what he's doing right now, I thought it was huge for Oklahoma. It's and it sounded like from talking to Bryce, from talking to some of the other people who were involved in it, it sounded like it went really well. So um, I, I think Oklahoma has has really solidified themselves as the leader for Bryce Foster, and I think if they're not number one with uh, over Clemson in the Tristan Lee chase, they are one A or one B. I mean, it's real, real tight for him right now. And I, I, in the sake of the teasing, there's another big nugget in there where I have kind of been under the impression Oklahoma was going to take three offensive linemen, got that from a source I trust a lot, and it sounds like they're making a run at another nationally elite offensive lineman that – is if he's willing to come, he's going to be too good for them to say no to. They're, they're going to take four and just move on with their with their business. So, uh, And for those interested in that news, hit me up on Twitter because I am happy and still have a few promos I can offer. So, um, We've actually got some new promos getting set to run. Yes, um, we do. We do. So if, if you've even if you've hit me up before, there's some other stuff going on right now. So you, you could definitely give it a try. Uh, we've got monthly promos. We've got annual. You know, just kind of let me know what you're interested in, and I can tell you what we've got. And then cater to his ego and comment on his top five albums that he that he put out today. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's talk some hip hop. We we can do that. I as I said, is that where this Twitter, started? You and your you and your love affair with Bryce. <laughs> Is that where Bryce Foster? That's where this top five thing came from. No, no, I just, I mean, because I just, it, it, Bob is just playing to my ego, and he he's telling other people <laughs> to do the same. So maybe they're going to get a better deal, and you know what? Maybe you will. I, I'm not above. I can be bought. I'm I'm a whore. Just just let's just do it. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on before we get out of here, uh, and it's just something I I kind of want to prepare people for because I, I wrote about it yesterday in the the uh, Black Lives Matter article with Lincoln, there will be some forms of protest. Get ready. Like, just, I know the students aren't on campus right now, and I'm talking about into the season. And I don't, it's not going to be exclusive to Oklahoma. I think this is, this is going to be a season unlike any other that we've seen in terms of, you know, social issues integrated with sports. Because I think the whole Kaepernick thing, uh, adds a little fuel to the fire, the fact that he was treated the way that he was, and this is still happening, uh, I, I think it's just going to continue to stoke fires going into the season. So the players don't come out for the national anthem in college. So I don't think it could be that. But you're going to have to be prepared for some stuff to happen. And for the love of all that's holy, whatever happens, if they do find some way to do it during the flag, do not get mad at them while screaming Sooners instead of Brave. Like, tone it down. <laughs> yeah, because that would be disrespectful. I, I, the, Are you one of those the people? The juxtaposition of the, No, I'm fine with it. Like, that's fine. I, 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 it's like people having fun at a football game. That's fine. I don't care. But I don't understand the the balance of we're mad about this, but yeah, we'll drunkenly scream Sooners at the end of the national anthem because that's our choice. I don't think OU fans have had to deal with any of their players taking knees where they could throw that back in their face. Sure. But I mean, like, I don't even mean that to bag on OU fans because it's not unanimous. I mean, like look at Washington, they home of the Redskins. They scream that thing to the rooftops. I mean, like that, that, it happens all over the place. I mean, Eddie, I still think the most, I don't want to say embarrassing, but comical protest in recent memories uh, was Orlando Brown and whoever taking out a Baker, a Baker Mayfield Baker jersey, jersey <laughs> to the coin toss when he had oh, yeah, to sit like out like one play. It was like he died. 
It was as yeah. if he had passed away. He sat out yeah, like no one play. Oh, God. That was for the KU stuff. Which was no doubt about it. It was, it was hilarious. So I hope I hope the protests are better than that because that was a weak ass protest. It's just that that poor little jersey blowing in the wind. It wasn't even a jersey because he had to wear his jersey because he was getting ready to come into the game after Kyler Murray ran for sixty six yards or whatever it was on the first play. Oh. So, I just want you to prepare yourselves. Start now. Done. There you go. Any other order of business anybody wants to touch on before Josh has to get his kid to the hospital? No, I think we're good. We're good. So I apologize. Maybe if we were four white guys talking social social justices early in the pod. It was only 20 minutes or so. I think we had some good stuff in there, though. I'm just going to say. Yeah, you liberal pansy. All right. Uh, thanks to... <laughs> Josh McQuistian, Eddie I can't help myself. Eddie Eddie McQuistian, Eddie Radosovich, Bob Prisbillo. I am Kerry Murdoch, and we'll see you next time unless Josh decides to strong arm me out of this place. Uh, we'll see you next week on another episode of the Unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com.